Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's a lot. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Welcome into the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Fine solo this week, uh, Ryan McMillan, Athletic Director at Muskego, will be back with me next week. So I got to tell you, my JV coach at Milwaukee Messmer a long time ago. Man, I still talk to this man, and, and he's my friend. And we talked about doing a show like this for a while. And Coach uh, John Kazabowski, I reached out to this week. I said, Kaz, this is the week to do it. And he goes, man, let's get it done. Um, John, it's good to see you, sir. How you been? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Great man, time. You, you look good. You feeling good? I feel very good right now. Yeah? Barely do. Good. Uh, health-wise, we're, we're good. I know I've gotten a lot of questions regarding you, John. And uh, I'm glad that I caught up with you to be able to tell people you're doing great. Uh, we're in what you call cancer remission. I got stuck uh, last year for the second time around. Yeah. Uh, back at it. I'm uh, going once a month, uh, once every other month, for shots for chemo. Yeah. And uh, it's getting, a bad day, huh? Uh, it's it's a six hour day. Yeah. It's a six hour day at the hospital. Uh, it's time consuming, but I feel good when I leave it, and uh, I feel better when I walk in, and I feel better when I walk out because Man. I know it's over. You know what? You look good. Thank you. I do yeah. appreciate it. Hey, the other guys. So so we decided, John, when we talked, said, hey, you know what? Let's get some retired guys, some semi-retired guys, and let's talk about the way it used to be a little bit. Let's talk some topics about, you know, have kids changed, you know, these kind of things, and let's get some guys that have really given back to the game, and we've done that. We, and I thank you for your help with this. Kerry Vinay, it's good to see you, Coach. How you been? I'm, I'm doing really well, Mike. Hey, do you know, um, two, th- three weeks ago I had Bill Young in, and Bill Young – other than our next guest, who I'm going to introduce, who had never come in studio when he was coaching full time, Bill Young wouldn't either. And I finally got him in, and my bucket list now that Coach Tom Taraska is sitting where he's sitting, it's done. I can retire a happy man. Coach, how you been? I'm doing real well, thank you, man. Tom Taraska. So when you were coaching at Arrowhead, I couldn't get you to come in because you, you, similar to Billy Young, Saturday mornings you do your thing, and you're not going to waver from that. And, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was listening to a, radio, a different radio station, and a radio guy that has been doing this for a long time was being interviewed. And they said to him, what are you going to regret when you retire? And he said, there's a couple of people that I have a tremendous amount of respect for in different fields, and I asked them once or twice to come on my show, and when they said no, I just let it go and never asked him again. And I'm going to regret when I retire that I never pushed harder and figured out a way <laughs> to get those guys to come in. You know what? Got Bill Young a couple weeks ago. Got Coach Tom Taraska. Now, Coach, where, are you still coaching? 
Yeah, I'm back at Arrowhead right now coaching the secondary and uh, trying to figure it out back there. How's Fritz doing? Fritz is doing well. He's a good man. Very good man. Program's in good hands. Yes, it is. No question. And you know what? Um, they they are on the way up again. Is from what what I understand, this first this team this year has got a chance to be really good. We had uh, the junior Chiefs in a couple weeks ago, and Dave Volk, who's a guy I went to I went to high school with. You know, Dave, he's running this thing, and he said, "Look, our numbers right now right now might be down a little bit." But, you know, it's a roller coaster everywhere. Um, how are you feeling about what Arrowhead looks like this year? Well, I think it's good. We have a lot of returning experience. We're starting to get more of the all-sport athletes out. I think that was a drop for a little while. There are so many kids specializing. And uh, Dave has done a great job. I talked to Dave last night. His son, Jarrett, who started in the Orange Bowl for Northern Illinois, right. is uh, coaching our offensive line. I think there's seven guys that I uh, was lucky enough to coach that are back helping the program. And his son's doing a great job with the line. We have a nice mix of older coaches and uh, younger coaches. So to blend as well, and, and I think we're on the way back. Hey, and we have one coach who's on the couch because I just don't have another microphone, Jeff Cavanaugh, <laughs> that I'm going to bring up. And so, Carrie, you're fully retired, correct? Uh, I do uh, I do uh, receiver camps. It's called Open Man <laughs> Receiver Camps awesome. for actually youth, and it's free football. Okay. And it's one of my things that I always wanted to do is to get into, you know, we always talk about punt, pass, and kick contests. I said, what about catching the football? Yeah. Did you ever throw a football at a five-year-old kid? They 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 go like this and say, ah, you know, they're, they're right. afraid, afraid, you know, to get hurt. And so I went out and I bought two jugs machines and a little ball cannon that, that throws Nerf footballs. And I launched this thing, of course, with my buddy Jeff Cavanaugh over there. And uh, we're we're doing this as a freebie this year, getting into, uh, like, we're, we did Cudahy so far. We, we've done um, uh, Waterford. We're also doing um, the MMA Muskego Athletic sure. of my my uh, grandson plays on the sophomore team at at Muskego. You talk about a program. Oh that, man, <laughs> that that coach uh, Krause turned around. Uh, you know, over a long period of time. Sure, but, but they got it. But but it's 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 fun to just get out there and, and teach kids how to catch. At what them. age are you doing that? For what kids? Uh, we go right down to six year olds. Wow, seven year olds. A- anybody I, you teach them how to catch a football. So here's the moral of the story, right? You guys don't ever really retire, right? I'm telling you know, I'll tell you a story. We had, um, uh, there was, it was back probably, I don't know how long ago, but, uh, you know, Phil said he was going to retire at Germantown. He said, I'm done. You know, I'm done and I'm retiring. So I brought him in, right? I brought him in and, and, uh, we had this, you know, huge retirement party and we go to a break. He goes, Hey, I'm not really retiring. And I go, Man, I got two hours of retire. We got balloons, confetti. He goes, yeah, I'm not. No, as coaches, we never really retire. I'm going to go do this, and then I'm going to go do this. And, and uh, you know, Phil Datka was just one of my favorite people in the world. He made me laugh every single time. In fact, the last time that I saw him, um, my I took my wife out to dinner, and I said, hey, let's go to this, uh, this, go to this place in Germantown. And I got her, and then right after I said, oh, you know what? There's a playoff game going on. Let's go over to the – and so Terry's like, you're just bad. And so we walk in, and Phil comes up in his golf cart, and he goes, what are you doing? And I, so I took my wife to dinner, and now we're going to watch. And she and he looked. He goes, that's your wife? I go, yeah. He goes, 
what? And he just started ripping me. Just and she goes, I like him. That guy. Well, I you overachieved. Like. That's <laughs> well, John. John understands because he met Terry when she was co-teaching at Mesmer, and yeah, I did, and that's okay. Well, the the best part of all that is when uh, remember the reunion we had. Uh, we always Mesmer always has their All Star yearly players come back, and uh, Terry was one of my students along with Mike, <laughs> and. Uh, Mike says, was emceeing this, this golf balding that we had. And uh, I remember you gave me a conversation. She says, oh, I really enjoy going to this. And you said, who are your favorite teachers? He says, Kaz. Yeah, I said, my, okay, thank there, you. There, my <laughs> wife, that was, he was her favorite teacher. That's all I needed he, to hear. He graded me a little tougher than he did her because <laughs> I, I, I talked a little bit more. Let, let me go through the, the line. You, and I'll start with you, Tom. Do you miss the day-to-day of being a head coach? Absolutely not. 100% when, I mean, I tried to retire in 2002 when we got beat in Camp Randall. And, you know, Jeff Steinbach, who was our athletic director, said, you know, how are we going to get a guy to come in here when you're teaching and be a head coach? So when I retired in 2010, I was happy to leave being a head coach. Don Mahoney, who had been a co-captain with Kerry at Oshkosh, got me into the profession. And uh, I immediately went to varsity. So I never had any lower-level coaching. Three years later, I became the head coach at Franklin at 26. So I had 33 years of being a head coach. And being a head coach becomes quite a pressureful job. There's always something. So at the end, I wasn't getting to enjoy football as much as I wanted. Now I love just being, I'm grandpa. I'm out there coaching the kids that can't really get mad at grandpa. It's hard to do that. And I'm an assistant. At the end of the day, I leave everything behind. I go watch my film, which I like to do, but I don't have any of the other parts of being a head coach that everyone will tell you that is difficult. So there's not one bone in this body that would ever want to be a head coach again. Kerry Vinay, same question. Well, you know, I've always dabbled in it because, unlike Tom, I, I started out as an assistant coach for Jerry Bow at Cudahy, and uh, I was a 23-year assistant. And when Jerry retired in 1991, 1992. I, I looked at Jerry. I said, uh, "How many? You know how many? You know how many returning seniors we have coming back?" And he said, "Oh, about 10." I, and I put up three fingers, and I said, "You know, we're going to be." So he immediately retired. <laughs> that was <laughs> and, then, and then it was between myself and two other, uh, you know, very well qualified coaches to take the job. And and we were like, "I don't want it. You don't want it." It was like so. I was kind of like, "Okay, I knew the most offense, and and okay, I'll take the job." And and we had a storied program. Uh, we were dealt some really, really great kids. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I stayed in it for about eight years, nine years as a head coach. And I had my able-bodied, right-handed, uh, hard-throwing right-hander and bullpen, Jeff Tricky. Jeff or, Cavanaugh. Or, excuse me, Jeff Cavanaugh. <laughs> we had Jeff Tricky in our program, too. <laughs> uh, and so I said, Coach, you know, I didn't become a head football coach until I was 45. And I said, you're 45. And I said, you, you, need, you need this. And you'll enjoy it, and uh, but Tom is is so correct. I mean, even in my short stint as a head coach, the pressure's there, and it's it's uh it's unbelievable. I got paid two hundred dollars uh, less coaching golf, which is like uh, two months right. of a program, and football <laughs> football you know comprises uh, three hundred sixty five days a year. Yeah, no, I, nobody here in the state of Wisconsin does it for the money. Oh. You know, my, my ex-co-host here, Joe Cook, who's down in Texas, 
getting paid pretty good to coach high school football. And I had a conversation with him. He said, you don't understand the, the, the pressure now is at that level because you're getting paid pretty good money and you're expected to win. And I, I don't know. I don't think he'll ever come back here because Linda loves it there. But I think I, I don't know if he wouldn't mind coming back to, 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 to here because of the pressure is really high there. Cass, same question for you. Uh, well, when I was uh, head coach at Pius, I took over for the legendary Ron Weed, as we all know. And um, I, I agree. I, I, you know, it was a few years that I was head coach, and it just, it, it, it's time consuming. It, it just really is. Um, didn't get to see my kids play. They went to Pius, and I was coaching elsewhere after I you know, yeah. wasn't the head coach. And uh, I actually had to leave Pius to go make some money so I could afford a tuition. At Pius, yeah. Put them, put them both through school. And then after uh, I left, then they allowed the uh, parents, the students, the brothers to go for free of charge. So we got stuck <laughs> with the tuition deal. Yeah. you know, and, and knowing that with the Catholic schools – you know, you know, going oh, through Mesmer the, the time that, you know, it wasn't that expensive at that time, but, you know, Pius is, you know, expensive. And, uh, you know, I love being an assistant. I, 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 I love doing coaching just like these guys do. Um, I did have to get out of it because of the first uh, part of cancer, my eye cancer in 2015. And I was fortunate enough to uh, get hired. My son was hired at uh, New Berlin Eisenhower. And since I've been there with them for the last four years, I, I actually took over for Jeff Setz, and we all know Jeff Man. Setz. And uh, I remember the first comment I made to, to Matt Kern, I said, well, thanks for hiring people who have cancer. <laughs> because, uh, you know, poor Jeff passed away, and, <laughs> no, you know, yeah. I wound up with it. And, uh, you so, know, we've had a great run. These guys have had great, great careers. I wish I had that opportunity. Um, I mean, we're good. We're good at Pius. Yeah. It was, it was a good turn. Well, and, and you know what? I've been 36 years coach of basketball for the most time an assistant, and I found out that I was a way better assistant. I, You know what? I'll throw myself in front of a bus to save Wallachap because he's the head coach, and I'm better at, at being the good cop, not the bad cop. And you're right. The amount of time and, and organizational skills and being able to handle parents and administration and kids – not really good at that. I'm 100% Irish, man. So let me just be the assistant coach and move on from that. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to continue this conversation. We're also going to bring Jeff Cavanaugh to the microphone, and I'm going to ask him the same question regarding being a head coach. And I've got a number of um, number of things I want to talk to you guys about, a lot of topics. One being I want you to think about who the mentors are. Who are your mentors in this thing? I want to talk about that football-only conference. And I want to. I think football has never been safer. But I don't know if everybody agrees with me. We'll talk to you guys about that on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Man, what a fun show this is for me. Guys in studio with me, John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Tom Taraska, and Jeff Cavanaugh. Jeff is to the mic. Jeff, it's good to see you again, sir. How you been? Oh, real good. Good to see you. Hey, um, before I ask you the same question I asked these guys, just to run down the rest of the show, part of, of having you guys in is we're going to talk about some of the changes over the years to the game of football. And we've got two guests on from 11 and then 
some changes in the game. Um, Nadine Rovig, she is an assistant coach at um, Aliva Strum. And when, when my basketball team was up at the Cole Center, we won a state championship, she was our host. And we were talking, and, and I said, you coach at, at Aliva Strum? She goes, yeah, I coach the football and track program. And I said, look, when, I, when we do this, if there's a certain show, I'd love to have you on to talk about this because I don't, not a lot of women high school football coaches. And she's speed and strength and conditioning, but she's on the sidelines for game time. And we're going to talk to her about that. And then 11-15, the strength and conditioning coach at Greendale Martin Luther, Patrick Deneen, who actually went to college with your son, John. He's got some stories about your boy in college that he wants to share. And he and he, and he uh, is really good friends with the guy who played for Tarasca over at Arrowhead. But we're going to talk to him. He played at, at uh, Keel, and he played at Whitewater. And the difference between strength and conditioning now compared to then, and I'm going to talk to you guys about it, is night and day. And we'll get into that. Uh, Coach Cavanaugh, you're, uh, do you miss being a head football coach? Well, I think I share the same sentiments as everybody in that uh, the time restraints uh, were overwhelming at times because uh, you still tried to keep your family time somewhat, and it never was, but somewhat in order. And so when you threw in the 365 days a year and you threw in trying to maintain all the other activities with your family, uh, it it can be overbearing. Uh, the being an assistant, and I agree with uh, Tom. Uh, you you uh, have uh, a lot of commitment, but there is a shutoff valve where you can just go and just kind of uh, separate yourself. You, if you're a head coach, you, you do not separate yourself from the football program the entire year. Now during the football season, it's crazy, but. You don't separate yourself the entire year. Well, it's interesting, and we're going to talk to Coach Tarasco when I put when I get him off the couch and onto the the microphone because I, your family has to be fully invested and fully involved in this. And I say this on this show a lot that I think there's a special place in heaven for coaches' wives because you know what the good, the bad, the ugly. They we we get a tough loss and we take it out. We get home and and we're mad and and. We get a good win, and we we start with the boys a little bit, and we do what we do, and they're every bit of, is part of this program. Yet they're behind the scenes; they get all the bad and not a lot of the good. You know, you win a state championship, you're up there with the you know with the trophy, and people are hugging you. You're getting free popcorn and haircuts, and they're like pushing your wife aside, but she's so much involved in this. Yeah, you know the interesting thing is is that uh, I saw in a kind of an evolution of. Uh, coaches wives as you stay in the, the business long enough in high school uh, our wives took on the role as important as we thought our jobs were because they were supporting us certainly doing all the things in the family but also supporting the school and it was funny when we started to get younger coaches as part of our staffs at Cudahy uh, some of the younger coaches wives would go man this is crazy. You're putting in a lot of time, not getting a any money, right? And B, you're getting a lot of grief. And they're going, we need more time. And uh, it would be funny because some of the coaches' wives of the younger coaches would talk to our wives, Coach Vinay and ours, and just go, "How do you do it? Or why do you do it?" And uh, they just said, "It all comes with the territory. If you're going to be a coach's wife, this." 
there's the good, the bad, and uh, sometimes the ugly. You but, bet. Uh, a but, lot of times. But the uh, the thing is, is that I think they're they get wrapped up in it too, in terms of helping young people enjoy and grow, and so uh, they feel just as proud as we did coaching the kids. They were part of the kids' lives too. So. Um, I, I think it's a special person that can be a coach's wife. You know, um, my, my co-host for the WFCA show is Tom Swiddle. And Ingrid Swiddle is every bit involved with it. And, and she was at Brookfield East, and she was at Toast East, and she was at Dominican. But, yeah. dur- you know, we would talk about this. And during the break, he would lay out some of the things that she was doing for this program. And he would go... There's no way I could yeah. do this if Ingrid was not right at my side, and not only right at my side, but re- like helping, yeah, like physically helping me do this. And it, it wasn't just because her son was playing; because when he left, she continued to do that. And in fact, Joe Cook w- t- said, "Hey, look, I, I, maybe I'll hire Swiddle someday, but I'd like to get Ingrid on my <laughs> staff if, if <laughs> yeah. I could yeah. if I could do that." Carrie, same question. It's a family thing. Oh, it sure is. I was fortunate. My uh... My wife was a, a high school cheerleader and, and, of course, a college cheerleader, and that's how I met her at Oshkosh when I went to UWO. And, uh, you married a college cheerleader? Uh, absolutely. Look at you. Yeah. Well, hold I was a quarterback for one year, <laughs> so I think that was the allure. And then when I, they put me where I belonged, a blocking back. <laughs> yeah, <thank laughs> she she hung with me, though. I give her credit. Thank uh, you better when you were she, a quarterback. She really, she really loved football. And, and my father-in-law, uh, he was a football junkie, you know, uh, had – season tickets to the Packers his whole life when he were in Milwaukee. And so football, my father-in-law, because, of course, his daughter married a coach, she, she or he was like, he couldn't wait to come to our, our games, and he would bring his, his brother. And we had a whole entourage, not only of wives, but of grandpas yeah. or grandmas. Yeah. They would show up, too, for the game. Hey, God, and you two are the perfect people to ask. Those days when Cudahy was... And it's not that they're not relevant, but when they were re- when they were that, I, I talked to guys that go, man, you remember? I, I talked to a guy last week who's the general manager at my twenty four, and he he was at Tosa East, and he goes, hey, we 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 upset Cudahy that year, and I go, oh, okay. He goes, no, you don't understand. We upset Cudahy back then, and so that's the amount of respect that that program had back then was incredible. What was it like for that Cudahy South Milwaukee? I mean, th- those rivalry games that Friday night you couldn't get in, right? I mean, it was just packed. it was it was old school. As a matter of fact, we played uh, South Milwaukee one time at South Milwaukee. They had the Badger marching band because their band director knew Lacrone. What's yeah. his name? Yeah. He, he and they came and they were on their way down to the the Northwestern game the next day. Well, they just stopped over it, oh, and man. they did the ha- a halftime deal over at Cuddy South Milwaukee game. Now, granted, a lot of people came to watch the band, but you could not you could not even get into that stadium in South Milwaukee. It was yeah. yeah. The yeah. first year I started teaching, uh, it was uh, the first weekend. There was a football game at home, and so all the and I was at the middle school at the time, and all the middle school kids said, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Cavanaugh, are you going to the football game? I said, sure, I'll probably go to the football game. I, I started coaching the next year. So they said, well, uh, better get there early and we'll see you later. And I said, this is a high school football game. Better get there early. Okay, it starts at 7, maybe get there at 6.30. You know, no problem. So I go home. 
my wife and I get ready. We go to the game. We get there earlier than 6.30, so it was like 6.15. So we had 45, 50 minutes before the game started. There was no parking in the city. <laughs> I was going around blocks trying to get a parking spot. The stands were full, both sides. There was a ring around the football field where the track was, three deep, and I'm going, what is going Man, on here? That's and awesome. And it was for Friday Night Lights, and it was a happening. It was a real happening. You know, people ask me a lot, and you guys get it, but people from the outside will go, why do you do all this? Like, why do you why do you get up at 5 a.m. every Saturday to come talk youth sports and talk, you know, high school stuff, and why do you coach for all – Man, there's something about high school athletics yeah. that it, it 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 is in my blood, and I can't get it out. And and look, this Thursday, where I'm at on the sidelines, Muskego and, and and Marquette, what if you know on my 24, if you can't get to the game or you want to you know yeah. tape it, that that's where you want to be. What a great one to start with. And I'm like, look, they're paying me, to, and I get to stay. I get the best seat in the house. Get to watch this thing up front. Hey, we're going to get to a break. I'm going to ask Coach Taraska uh, to join us because I'm going to ask him. His family obviously fully invested in the stuff that um, that we're doing here. And and John, before we get to a break, you're coaching with your son now, right? Yes. At New Berlin Eisenhower. Yes. Matt Kern's doing a nice job. Yes. We're, we've been been getting there. Uh, it's going to be interesting this year. We could be okay at certain spots. Um, you know, got to be very lucky, as these guys know. You know, a lot of that partakes in it. But I do remember one quick thing before we move. Uh, when these guys used to have the scrimmages, remember you started at Friday night scrimmage? E- yeah. Even if you wanted to come to watch that, you still couldn't get in. That We used to have Tech, yeah. Cudahy. And, and Phil Dobbs with uh, uh, Racine Park. Yeah. I mean, it was When like, they were back, really a powerhouse. Oh, man. And you what couldn't scrimmage. get in. You Oak couldn't Creek. get in. Yeah, we is had it, Oak Creek. Uh, cutting and, Creek, yeah. and tech is that before they do it like everybody does does four teams scrimmage yeah. now well, this is scrimmage week this week so yeah. right yeah but this so, was at night at Cudahy. Oh, I mean, and yeah. they had the colors out, and everybody was dressed. And Kerry used to get brand new uniforms for the kids, <laughs> and they'd be ready to go. And yeah, I mean, boy. but you had four schools, big schools, who brought people mm. to watch their kids and their team, and couldn't get in. Like Matt said, you you could you. Uh, you know, Jeff, I'm sorry, you couldn't get in. Yeah. You just couldn't get in. Man, that's room. awesome. We're going to get to a break. Um, I'll tell you, this for a show like this for me is just really fun because I don't even have to you – know, I, I don't have to have notes because we can just talk about a bunch of the stuff that, that I want to talk about. I'm going to ask Coach Taraska to come back. I'm going to uh, start the next segment off with a football-only conference and kind of get your feeling on, on how you think that's going to go. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented – by your local pick-and-save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. And before we get back to the coaches I have in studio, hey, remember, it's time for the 13th annual Perkins Restaurant and Bakery's Fan Charity Golf Outing to benefit kid, uh, Give Kids the World, coming up on September 25th at beautiful Western Lakes Golf Club in Pewaukee. It's your chance to play with the guys from the fan and other local celebrities. Just $125 for a great day of golf. You're giving back to this really good cause 
will provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner from Perkins, Robert's Specialty Meats, and Saz's. Get all the details now. Sign up at 1057fmthefan.com. We're now joined back. Uh, it's Tom Taraska, head football coach for a long time at, at Heartland Arrowhead at Franklin. Coach, how many state championships? Uh, we were lucky enough to win four and then finish as runner-up five times. So nine times in that, that final game. True. My goodness. Hey, when we talked, when you were on the couch, we talked about that this is a family, it's a family business. And you'd agree with that, correct? Well, 100%. I mean, we're tied to carry even a lot more than you would believe. I was lucky enough to room with a couple players he coached in college, and Steve Brins and Mark Wagner. I, like him, was lucky enough to uh, take a pom-pom girl. He had a cheerleader. (laughs) I got a pom-pom girl off the campus because of football. And uh, so she's heard people yell at me since I was playing college football. So a lot of things there. But Susie understood it. She's been through it the whole time. And then the 45 years of coaching, it is a family thing. Um, They so much behind the scenes. And uh, I think one of the thrills, we won uh, the third title on her birthday. It was interesting because it was hard for her to get into the media session, which these coaches can attest after the game is crazy. But uh, she's been a great coach's wife. You can't do the job without that. Uh, it's a very, very demanding thing for the wives. Uh, she now sits up in the luxury boxes for a couple of our friends that uh, own them, and uh, it's a little better because it's not quite as cold. Last, she was a teacher at McGuanigo, which was our tribal, so they handled her very well, and they treated it well, and it was a, a great experience. Was that a hard there. week for her? You know, it was an interesting week because they were so nice to her. I mean, they would decorate the room, and they'd cut, make cutouts of my face and put them on the kids' desk <laughs> and things. And You know, they handled it really professionally. Now, some of the students, I'd be on the sidelines, and they'd throw marshmallows at me, but they put pennies in the marshmallows. So they'd bomb me, and they would bomb the Arrowhead cheerleaders. That was a little interesting. Yeah, they. Yeah, well, that's the only way those guys could, could make that throw. They'd have oh, to put some weight to it. Cause yeah. You know those boys from Iguanago. What was, when you were coaching and back – Back then, Tom, what was the rival? What was the game for you guys? Well, was there initially it was Menominee Falls because again, when we went out there, they were coming off a pair of one and eight seasons, and so Menominee Falls was dominant. So I always felt that you got to pick the best team to be your rival. If you pick someone that isn't very good, you're not going to be very good for a long time. Right. If you pick the best team, now I will say this about Jim Cheskowitz. One day we beat them or they beat us seven to nothing and his film broke down. So I took the film to his house that Saturday. He took me downstairs in his basement and for three hours he taught me stuff about football. Now this is our arch rival. This is a man telling me how to make the Arrowhead program better. That was the thing I think we all miss a little bit in the old days. You were going to coach against those guys 15, 20 years. I coached against Keith Hensler for 25 years. That became our next rival when the conferences changed. So you had a relationship, and they were willing to help you. Everything that I know I learned from somebody else. Two weeks ago, I got a call from a basketball coach after my show with Bill Young. And Bill talked about that, about sharing and helping and helping young guys. It didn't matter if they're in his program. And the basketball coach said "There's that's the difference between football coaches and basketball coaches. We're very guarded. Where we, 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 we're not going to let you in our practice. You're not going to get – and it's kind of like like I don't get that. 
You know, I, I, I love the fact that you guys are, are willing to do that. And, and, and the fact that he took you into the basement to talk about how you can make your program better. You had talked about um, McGuanago now that they were in your conference. The football-only conferences, um, your, your feeling on that, Tom, how do you, how do you think that's going to be? I know the Catholic Memorial is going to leave your conference. And Bill Young said, you know what, maybe it's time. We've got 600 kids in the school. And he said, you know, by the end of the year, we're just so beat up. I think that that's the best conference in the state of Wisconsin. I do. And I'll have that argument. Coach from Kimberly listens to this, Coach Jones, and he goes, look, I'll have that discussion with you one day. I said, you bet. I just think top to bottom, this is the best football conference in the state. You're going to lose one of your teams. And we're going to lose a tremendous program. Bill is my best friend in coaching and has been for over 25 years. We shared a lot of information. We were in different conferences. We ran camps. We ran camps together. We went to Michigan together. We did a lot of stuff. We worked the Badger camps together. It's going to be a great loss for the conference for them, but it is time that they move to a conference that's fair to them. I agree. The rest of the football-only conference for us out at Arrowhead, it's the same. And I've got to be honest with you. To me, I was a, I didn't want to worry about winning the conference. I tried to win the state. So now Kimberly would have been a thing. D.C. Everest was a conference rival of mine in my mind. Right. Because they were dominant. Racine Park was a conference rival of mine in my mind. So was Tremper. The dominant programs in Division One. So the conference, all we wanted to do was qualify for the tournament and then see the dominant programs in the state. Another thing with Kerry, I remember going over to Jerry Bowes the night before the clinic, and he'd bring the speakers in, and we'd learn football in Jerry's basement. Man. Yeah, we would have uh, top-notch coaches from Notre Dame, you, you name it, line coaches all over, and, and we would put these guys up the night before the clinic at a local hotel. But Jerry would have a couple cocktails you know, the night before as was – as we all did, yeah, and and we really enjoyed just listening to these coaches with their stories, but also as Tommy mentioned, with with the the X's and O's that they'd give you, and and then of course, then they would speak at your clinic, and then they'd hang around after the clinic. It, it was it was wonderful. That Cudahy Clinic, back and, and it, it's no longer. I don't think they Correct. they do it anymore. But that was the clinic. That was the one that they had. You guys brought in, like you said, some unbelievable speakers. And if you were a high school football coach anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, you wanted to get to the Cudahy Clinic. Who started that? Coach Jerry Bow. He did. He, we, we, he started our booster club. And uh, you have to remember, this is 1969, 1970. Cudahy was 1-8, 1-7. and We played eight games back then. And uh, we, you know, so we had, uh, in two years, we were uh, a, a quad champ in the suburb, the old suburban uh, conference, and that was a big deal for Cudahy yeah. to make that step up. And then after that, we kind of had a program going and never looked back. Yeah, you kind of owned that conference for a little bit and the whole, that area. You know, the Cudahy itself has, has changed. Demographically, it's changed. You know, back then, it was these old, tough, Polish, you know, these were tough kids. These are kids that wanted to come out and play football, and their their dads wanted them to play football, and they grew up in tough environments. And I think that, that the demographics of that area has changed a lot, and, and I don't know if Cudahy will ever get back to where it was. Well, you know, it's interesting when uh, – and I, it, it's an oversimplification, but when I first started in the early 70s in Cudahy, 
the parents had there was a lot of duplexes the parents had the upstairs and then they rented out but then when their kids got older they didn't leave Cudahy they moved up to the like the upper flat right and so what happened in the early 70s 80s and 90s all those kids that were tough kids when they became parents their kids stayed in Cudahy right but then what started happening is those kids when they went through school then all of a sudden they said well we have a duplex we'll rent out the top and the bottom and we'll move to Oak Creek and Franklin, we'll move to Greendale Franklin, and Greendale, Franklin yeah. and Muskego. New Berlin Muskego and you'll see you can chart it out that during the late to mid to late 90s all of a sudden all these programs Oak Creek Greendale Muskego New Berlin all of a sudden they're on the map well, that was this, this kind of migration from Bayview, St. Francis, Cudahy, and South Milwaukee. Those four kind of moved, and great kids still there right. at all those schools, but not enough of them, and the whole dynamics had kind of changed. Boy, that's interesting. Yeah. It really is. Guys, we got to get through a break. He's Jeff Cavanaugh, Tom Taraska, Carrie Vinay, and John Kazabowski in studio. Later in the show, we're going to talk to a woman who is – um, an assistant coach at Oliva Strum, assistant football coach. And again, changes throughout, and we're going to talk about changes in the second hour. And Patrick Deneen, who is the strength and conditioning coach at Martin Luther, is going to join us. He played at Keel, played at Whitewater, and we're going to talk about the difference in that part of the, the, the you know, when I went to mess with Coach Kaz as our coach, and everybody here laughs, people listening don't understand, when, I, when we were thirsty, they said take a salt pill. You know, we're going to go to, we're going to go nutcrackers and take the salt pill and you're going to get going. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. So we're also going to talk about if you guys agree with me that football's never been safer. Look, it's a, it's a fast, violent sport. It is. But so are a lot of other sports. But football is the one that everybody's saying, I can't let my son play that sport. And we're going to talk to some guys who've been around it for a really long time and get their feeling on if this game is safer than it's ever been. I also want to talk about life lessons that these kids learn playing the game of football. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. What a great way to start out high school football week. They're opening up Thursday. Thursday night lights, Muskego and Marquette. Uh, Marquette traveling to Muskego. And then a full you know, calendar, full schedule of games. But I get a chance to talk to guys who have given back to this game and been around the game a long time. John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Tom Taraska, and Jeff Cavanaugh. Guys, we've got kind of a shorter segment, but on, on a different show that I do call Faith in the Zone, I had a coach on uh, from a college, and, and I said to him, um, kids have really changed over the years, don't you think? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, what? He said, look, I was a Division One head football coach at the age of 28. He said, I was single and I was cool. I was one of the cool guys. He said, I'm now 44, I'm married, and I've got three kids all I want to do is get out of practice and go home and see my kids. I don't think they've changed. I think we've changed. Other than the social media side of this thing. And, Tom, I look, you guys are all around, you know, young student athletes still. 
Um, your feeling on that? Well, I have a unique situation in being at Arrowhead and the way Arrowhead is. I have a number of players who I coach their daddies and a number of mothers who I taught in my classes. So I don't think the kids have really changed. Uh, what has changed tremendously is the outside pressures. The kids still love sports. The kids do it. I think as coaches, we've gotten smarter. We were only in pads once the last two weeks. Otherwise, we were shells and the other parts. So we've gotten smarter that way. The kids have to be more dedicated. Uh, I'm a little nervous at how many demands there is on a kid nowadays in the sport of football. Two hours of film, two to three hours of practice, an hour of weightlifting. Um, that wasn't the sport that we played as kids when we were growing up. Right. So, so that, that way, me. John, yes. same question? Because you're around these New Berlin eyes and our kids, and you've been around kids for a long time. Are kids still doing the ridiculous things that I did when I was a mesmer? <laughs> I don't know if we have that much time, Mike, to go <laughs> yeah. into all of that. Uh, but, you know, I, I have a, a different view on this. I still re- see the faces of a lot of the kids that I still have coached and are coaching now. They're just different names. Right. You know, I still can see the running backs. I can s- still see the John Ackers of the worlds from Cathedral. I can still see the Mike McGiverns, the Tony McCuddens from, from uh, you know, Mesmer, uh, kids I had at, at, at Pius, you know, Eddie Brown, Jeff Brown, uh, you know, Ron Weed's nephew. I see those kids' faces on some of the kids that I've been coaching here at New Berlin. But I agree with Tommy. I think a lot of the uh, things that we're putting on them um, – becomes very, very interesting. In fact, at our, our coaches meeting this morning, we were talking about the very same thing of saving these kids. Right. Trying to go to more shells. Yeah. Instead of full equipment during the week. Hey, um, Jeff, same question. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I share some of the same sentiments in that uh, uh, kids are still kids. They love the enthusiasm of participating. They love the camaraderie of being with your buddies um, Carrie and I did a, uh, that catching camp, a catching a football camp. Right. We went to Cudahy and here it's, uh, middle of summer. You see kids walking right and left and you think down, uh, near Lake drive. And you think we have, you know, 15 kids and they're probably wanting to be out there. No. They loved being there, catching the ball, being, you know, challenging their buddy. So I don't think kids ever change. I just think, and I agree with Tom, there's so much other things going around in their lives. Right. And some of the the media situations. And uh, it's just great because when you get a kid away from all that, he's still a kid. Still a kid. And they love to be challenged, praised, worked. And so uh, the problem is, is that uh, a lot of them just have too many other things that distract them, and some don't even go out as a result, and that's sad. It is. Hey, I, um, we talk a lot on that youth sports show about youth programs. I know that, you know you guys believe that that the strength of the varsity all comes from you know youth programs, but youth program numbers are down all over the state. They're down, and. When I make that statement, and and Tom Swiddle agree, he he came to me with it, and I agree with him that football has never been safer because of the way you practice, because of the way you're trying to keep your head out of the game. All of the the knowledge that we have now that maybe we didn't have back in the day, 
Um, Tom, would you agree with me that football's never been safer? 100%, and I think the biggest reason is we're better educated as coaches. I agree. And we've also learned to turn it over to the trainers. At Arrowhead High School, the player reports immediately to the trainer. So they never go to a coach. So if there's anything that came up injury-wise, anything else, the trainers make the decisions, and they're not emotionally involved in the practice. So having full-time trainers out there, having doctors at the things, um, it's good. And, again, we don't hit. I mean, even to be honest, when we started on our run in the 90s, once we got past this scrimmage, we never hit all year. Really? I mean, no, we just didn't because, again, kids know how to tackle by the time the scrimmage is over, or they don't. They know how to block, or they don't. I mean, they'll hit sleds, but we never, ever during the seasons tackled uh, in a scrimmage format of our practice. So you started that. What they're doing now, you started a long time ago. Yes, Man, John, really quickly, um, it's never been safer? I agree. I totally agree. I think uh, Tom made a great point. I mean, coaching is getting better. We do nothing but tackle with wheels. That's the big thing right now. Uh, a friend of mine has on the dot. Yep. Where, to, where to tackle. Sure, guys I think at it's university important. school, nice yeah. job they do. Un- uh, important. When I was at university school with Brian and and, and, and James, uh, the first year that we got there, they were struggling. They were having concussions all the time. Right. Our first year, not a one. Yeah, Brian Summers does a nice job with all that. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, when we're talking about some changes in the game, well, um, we've got Nadine Rovag, who is an assistant coach at Oliva Strum. We're going to talk to her on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's love. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We're talking to, look, I, I don't want to say legends of the game, but come on. You know, in my in my world, these are legends of the game. John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Tom Taraska, Jeff Cavanaugh. And we talked a lot that first hour, some of the changes, some of the different things have gone on in the game of football and when I was uh, coaching at Martin Luther, we went up to the state championship up at the Cole Center, our host, and she just really handled us really well, um, Nadine Rovig. And we started talking, and she told me she was one of the football coaches. She was on staff at, at uh, uh, Leva Strum. They are in the Dairyland Conference. They open up next Friday at Mondovi. And I asked if she would come on. Because this is a little bit different than back, you know, back in the day, boys. And she's helping out. She's on the sidelines. And Nadine, how you been? Hey, it's a good day. It's a good day. How'd you guys do in the scrimmage? You know, you know what scrimmage is uh, good, bad, and ugly. It's as per usual. Um, nobody got hurt. That's good. Uh, we learned some some things. We did some good things, and we'll uh, have a, uh, some things to take away and practice this week before we uh, meet Mondovi Buffaloes. Guys, here's something pretty encouraging. Um, you guys are Division Seven, right, Nadine? Oh yeah, we're the little guys. And how many how many kids in the program this year? We have 41 boys out for football. 
That's really good at Division Seven, Nadine, and you guys should be really proud of that number that those kids are are playing. Can we talk a little bit about what you do and um, as a coach for the football team? Sure, um, I'd be happy to. Um, uh, it started off a, a few years ago. Um, I'm the head track coach, and I went to uh, a, a clinic in um, that I usually do in Madison, the Wisconsin uh, Track Coaches Association uh, clinic, and they had a session that was called Marrying Your Football and Track Teams. And I showed this itinerary to the football coach at the time, and he said, go. So I went to this, this session. I walked in, and it's all – football coaches the whole the whole the whole room is full and I walk in and being the only woman and this guy looks at me and he goes well you don't look like a football coach (laughs) and I said said, well what does a football coach look like you know (laughs) but um so anyway I went to the thing and we um we developed a program based on what I learned there and pretty much what that means is is that I go to football uh, practice um, every, I went to all the camp and, and the first, all the beginning conditioning. I do the warm up on the field um, um, for practice and then I do all agility and speed. And then um, on Friday nights, I'm there as well. I travel with the team and I am the, um, I, I do all the warm up on the field. And, and this year, the, the coach said, he, he said, he said, you're the, uh, you're the get back coach. He said, he told me the other day and he goes, that's a full-time job. <laughs> these guys, when you started talking about that up in Madison, all these guys shook their head. John, you know exactly what that, that meeting she's talking about. Uh, I probably was at the meeting. I wasn't the one who said, what does the football coach look like? But, uh, I did the same thing, coach. I did, uh, exactly took it back to our program. And, uh, I sat down and talked. It was the fact it was the head coach, uh, from Memorial, uh, who ran the program and yes. got permission from Bill Young to actually talk to him to, to do it. Mm-hmm. And since Bill and I were friends, uh, he said, go ahead. So we did marry our track program, which I did the shot put in the discus at that time and got all of our linemen involved. And then we started our conditioning running in the mornings, uh, marrying track to football. Man. Go ahead, Nadine. Yeah, well, it's, I, I tell you, any any good football coach knows – that you know that's a perfect a perfect blend between um it's a win-win for for track and for football because you want those you want those boys working off season and it's it's the the uh, i call it i call track your enhancement sport it makes you better in everything else you do hey tom back uh back early on you had these guys uh, were they involved in track as well? well i was lucky my first head job at 25 years old was head track coach at franklin high school don mahoney who I said was my mentor, Franklin. I got the job as the head track coach. The following year, I became the head football coach. When we got to Arrowhead, we brought in the world-renowned Lauren Seagrave to set up our speed and conditioning program. He had many Olympic champions, and uh, that's how it all got going there. So we've always married it. Jeff Steinbach was my athletic director, so we always felt a strong marriage between football and track, and um, I did love being a track coach. Nadine, um, do, do, so you're able to, to get some of these football guys, if they're not playing another sport, then they come and run or, or throw for track, correct? Yes, and, and, and it's, 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 uh, it's been a slow progression. Of, well, for one thing, in our school, um, I, I'm not on um, the teaching staff at the school. I'm, I work at the Technical College in Eau Claire, but I, um, so I'm an, uh, you know, not on staff, not seeing them every day, so... 
um, I, I coached my son um, back in the day, and I said, I said, Matthew, how come there's, you know, how can we get more kids to come out for a track? And he goes, well, mom, they're afraid of you. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, we got, that makes well, you a good football break, coach. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to break that down a little bit. So this is getting me FaceTime, you know, this crazy old lady out on the field um, with these boys. And, and it's translated to more of these boys, like you said, that aren't playing baseball or golf because that's all we have in our school, um, is uh, to, to uh, come out for track. And that has worked. I mean, we've, we've got more kids out last year, and so hopefully it'll, it'll just continue um, down that path. But I've had great, great support from the, from the football staff. So we're, I'm, I'm very happy about we that. We are talking to uh, Nadine Rovag, who is she's from uh, Oliva Strum. She's the track and football coach. She's on it's track coach and assistant coach with football. You know, when you're at a track meet, it's a Friday night football game is a lot different, Nadine. So, oh, yeah. how was that adjustment for you on the sidelines the first year that you were uh, on the sidelines for the football team? You know, for for me, the biggest uh, the biggest difference was for me to I had to to give myself a pep talk and go, it's not my team, it's his. <laughs> sure. So I you know that I'm I'm not out there, but for me to be. Um, the cheerleader on the on the sideline for the um, for the boys and to and to and to do the stuff that the the head coach is fo- focusing on, you know his play calling and whatnot and and I'm on the sideline helping out with the with the the stretching out and and the the uh, the cramping and the stuff like that. It's it's giving me a lot more uh, face time with the boys. Um, uh, whereas um, it, when I'm in track, you know, there's 18 events. You can't be everywhere at at, at once. I I coach my track kids to, in essence, coach themselves. So, you know, I always say that the biggest compliment is when I hear my words coming out of somebody else's, one of my kids' mouth, that they're coaching up somebody else. Because sure. That's what you need to do in track because you're you're so you're spread so thin. I love the um, up close and personal uh, side of football. Hey, um, Jeff Beck, or who's sitting on the couch? I can't see there. Hey, Carrie, back in the day, Cudahy and Waterford. Did you guys marry the track? Um, not as much as some of these other guys. No, no, we were uh, actually. I was a head track coach when I first. You were. I was offered a tr- head track coaching job as soon as I got out of uh, Oshkosh, and right. I was track coach for five years, and then uh, I saw the light and became the golf coach. But but that, uh, th- th- that's. <laughs> oh my! Because, yeah, oh I was my. just kidding. <laughs> no, Nadine. I, Nadine, I, I that actually was, that was a shot right at you, pal. No, I no, just say I was a I was a high school uh, pole vaulter and I was a conference champion and and I I also did some high jumping, and long jumping. So I was a field events guy, but we always had a coach that did the weights. The weight coach, and then we had the the, the hurdle coach, and and uh, we also had the distance coach. So it it is kind of like a football coaching staff, where you have hey, this is the line coach, this is a secondary sure. coach, very similar right. to that. Nadine, well, who's you, you, you go have ahead. To, you have to remember you have to remember though that in um, a little school like we have, I only have one assistant, <laughs> and yeah. so in track, so I do all the sprints, all the relays, all the jumps. I, I'm 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 all of that. Wow! <laughs> so yeah. Like you don't you don't have somebody for each event in in a small school. Do so. you coach the boys well, and girls track program? I do. I'm the head coach for both. 
Um, and I coach them all together. I, I, um, I, I find great benefit in coaching them all as one, um, one unit, one team. Um, the girls work harder when they're with the boys, and the, and the boys don't want a girl to beat them. So there you go. It's, it's, it's good. That's it's, perfect. It's really good. Who is, uh, I'm going to ask you to put your prediction hat on. Who's the team to beat in the Dairyland Conference this year? Oh, it's um, it, it that's that's a, a wild card because we have so many. Um, we have division seven and six and five all in the Dairyland Conference because of uh, sizes. But Melrose is always a Melrose Mandoro is always a force to be reckoned with. Boy, I really appreciate a couple of minutes of your time, and it fit in perfectly with what uh, what we were talking about so far in this show. And and I want to thank you personally for great care that you gave my basketball team and my boys at Martin Luther when we came up to the Cole Center. Thank you so much for taking good care of us. It was my pleasure. I just, I, I love that. I love that gig. It's a, it's a fun thing for me to do. Well, you do a great job at it. Good luck this year. Good luck on Friday, coach. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Nadine Rovig from, uh, El- I can't even pronounce it. Oliva Strum, my goodness. Track and field coach and the, and an assistant football coach. You know, it's funny because when when I was talking to her to get her on the show, she said, look, I'm really passionate about both, but, boy, there's something about that Friday night. You know, the band's going. We don't have a big school, but all these kids come out. And when you track and field, she said, I don't notice much because it's so much spread out. Um, but she goes, I'm, I'm fully addicted to this game of football, and it's good to have that. Guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, uh, Patrick Denane, again, he's the strength and conditioning coach. For Martin Luther, we're going to talk a little bit about the changes in that field. Boy, that's changed a lot, right? We're not uh, we're not just deadlifting anymore. We're not just trying to lift as much as we can anymore. He's got he does all the sports at at Martin Luther and does a great job. And we'll talk to him on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by our local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside just some really, man, really good guys. These are good high school football coaches. John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Jeff Cavanaugh, and Tom Taraska. We are now joined by Patrick Deneen, who is the strength and conditioning coach at Martin Luther. And speaking of pick-and-save stores, Patrick, you over at that pick-and-save in Hales Corners? I actually am. I am. I just got you. I got greeted by uh, Tony Romano here, the head dressing coach. That's awesome. We are every week, guys. We do a fundraiser at a local pick and save store. We we pick a youth group or a high school team or a, a church group looking to raise money. Johnsonville and pick and save in Brownberry Buns. And we were for two hours. My staff is out there grilling uh, Italians and brats. Actually, yeah, right now, yeah, they have yep. yeah, the whole grill gear on and everything. And we're raising money t- uh, today for the for the uh, Spartans wrestling program at Martin Luther. And and I asked Patrick to go over and drop a few bucks so the the wrestlers could get new singlets or <laughs> yeah. something. Hey, Patrick, we're talking about kind of you know these guys have been coaching a long time. And I know that you know John Kazabowski's son a little bit, right? Yes, Jeff. Yes, great <laughs> friend of my college buddy. My, uh, he's actually my fraternity brother as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you were pretty good friends with the kid who played at Arrowhead for Coach uh, Taraska, I think. 
Yes, uh, Mark Rouser. I'm just dropping some names now. Yeah, they, these guys know all those guys in that room are very uh, legendary. You got that right on the head. Hey, if you're if these guys, if your son and the kid he talked about from Arrowhead, if they hung out with Pat with Patrick four or five years of college, man, I, I I'm almost afraid to ask, man. <laughs> well, if it's a fraternity brother, I'm afraid to ask. Yes, yeah. it is. He told me he tells yeah. some stories out in the air about your boy. I told him let's not oh, do that, man. man. Yeah. Oh, he's right on. I just matter of fact he was just at my he was at my house two weeks ago, State Fair Party. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey Patrick, from the from the time that you played at Keel and played at Whitewater to how you work as a strength and conditioning coach at Martin Luther now um, things have really changed in in your field, right? Oh, a lot, lots, lots. So we went the, from uh, okay. we went from where I grew up in with uh, even when I was in high school in 1998. You know, the weight room's actually the size like uh, my bedroom. Yeah. And before that, I mean, some of those guys could tell you that there wasn't in the weight room. It was basically just you know tires and ropes and all the stuff that we still do now. But they didn't have a whole lot of stuff back in the back in the early you know. So when 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 you're looking at a, a football team, how often do you want these guys in per week, and what kind of things are you doing during the season? Because I watched what you did for our basketball program, and thank you very much. I, I to be honest with you, I don't think we win a state championship, Patrick, if it wasn't for the work that you put in with our kids. Well, I appreciate that. So, well, I appreciate that. You bet. Thank you for that. When for a typical football team. How many times would you recommend that they get in the weight room during the week, and this is in-season? Yeah, in-season. I like the fact, because I was listening to the show earlier, too, and you had that, uh, that Nadine, was her name? Yes, yeah, uh-huh. Coach. She actually kind of hit on the head, like, during season, you kind of want to do one, in my opinion, one day of, of lifting, but another day of, like, basically stretching and, and more uh, functional stuff, like, you know, your plyometrics, your, your agility, your yogas. I mean, seriously, that's all, like... Comes sure. a big play nowadays. Big play nowadays. Basically, just take care of the body, maintain the body, and then during your summer, that's when you want to hit your your big days. You know, if you want to go three, four times a week during that time. But during season, I would recommend uh, one day of hard lifting and then uh, a day of just like kind of functional and more stretching and agility kind of stuff. Tom, um, how much did you guys at Arrowhead? How much back in the day were you guys in the weight room during the season? Well, during the season at Arrowhead, it was two days a week. Right. Uh, light work. I mean, we were lucky. I mean, Brad Arnett's always been a great friend. I coach with him now. He runs Next Level. Um, we took from the people that we thought were good, and we had enough space and equipment that we could get the kids in and out quickly in maybe half an hour. Sure. John, um, and back in the day, I remember Mesmer, that was about the size of a closet. Even if that. I if that. that right? Yeah, even if that. And, uh, you know, but, but nowadays, you know, you have to do it. You have to get into it. And I agree with Tom. You know, we're – we're in there a couple of days a week, and we, you know, we had the trainer going, and we, you know, everything is is partaking in it. To it, you have to. Hey, Carrie, it's funny because back in the day when you were at Waterford, you made a comment that I'll never forget. You said, "Look, there's new Waterford and old Waterford. There's, you know, there's the kids that have grown up here, and those are our farm boys, and those are that guys that are online, and then the new houses, those are the pretty boys, you know. And we've got to get the pretty boys to understand they got to get in the weight room as well." How much would you guys get in the weight room? Weight room uh, at Cudahy, it was two days a week, just just like we would have our film session on Monday, and we would put one crew in uh, in the weight room, and then Tuesday we would switch it, and and then uh, Thursday, of course, uh, the JVs they were playing ball, and then we wouldn't put anybody in the weight room. So it was basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, different groups of kids. Correct. We try to get them in there, and at Waterford, we were very fortunate. We had nice weight rooms; they weren't real 
super duper large, but we had all the equipment. We had cardio equipment. Uh, and so we were very blessed. Uh, we also had Jerry Bowe's uh, um, uh, nephew was a Vic Tanny general manager. We okay. got all of their equipment when they changed it out. So we had all these beautiful chrome dumbbells way before the time that were donated to, to cut a, it was, I mean, we had terrific weight. Uh, Man, that that's awesome. Patrick, do you see a difference um, with how hard these kids are working in the off season? Do you feel like when you back in the day at Keel, were you guys working harder back then in the weight room than, than some of the kids are nowadays? Um, I don't know about harder, but just it was, it's just different, you know. I mean, like uh, the, the space that these guys have now is unbelievable. Like you know, you, you've seen our weight room. It, you know, that, that's something that I couldn't even imagine having when I was in the school. So, like Coach is saying, like they can get these guys in now, in and out in an hour. You know, you can get your plyos, you can get your you know power cleans, your deadlifts, your bench press, all done within an hour, and it's not a big deal. But back in you know when I was in school. You only had two squat racks, so it took you, you know, forever right. to get a couple guys through the system. So now it's, I guess it's different. I think kids still work hard. I just think it's they have more, they're able to get so much more done because of the space and the, and the facilities that they have. Well, Patrick, thank you very much. Um, spend a couple of bucks over at that fundraiser yeah, again, Tony, Highway 100. And, uh, he's right and, here. Tony's right now. He's, he's waving. Out. He's, he wants to get two Johnson belts now. So. There, there you go. My son wrestled. My, my son uh, wrestled for Greendale Martin Luther, so I may stop over there for an yeah, Italian. Over. <laughs> yeah, please do. They, hey, till 1 o'clock today, right. Johnsonville Brats, Italians, everything's two bucks, man. Drop a 10 and help that wrestling program. Tell Tony, uh, keep up the good work. Patrick, thank you very much for a couple minutes of your time. You got you, buddy. You Thank you. This is Patrick Danini is the uh, strength and conditioning coach at Martin Luther. Hey, guys, before we get to break, we got about five minutes, and i got a number of topics I want to um, get through before the end of the year, or before the end of the hour, excuse me. The um, A lot of talk about the age of tackle football now. When should we start kids playing tackle football? Um, I know the guys in New Berlin went to flag football for third and fourth graders a couple years ago and then do that co-op program with New Berlin West, which I think is a great idea. Tom, I want to start with you. Um, what age do you think kids should start playing tackle football? Uh, it's going to be a little contradicting. I'm a Catholic school project that when I started tackle football in sixth grade, okay. when public schools didn't have it, I still think it would be better for seventh and eighth graders. Uh, we delayed the start of that. We won our first couple state titles without a youth program. And then we finally got the right guys to run the youth program. So I think a lot of it comes down to who you're able to hire, how qualified they are. But I would still prefer 7th and 8th. We're a little younger out there, but that's because everybody else is. Yeah, it's I, and, and like I said, I had those boys in. Yeah. Junior Chiefs is a good program. Oh, yes, outstandingly run. You know, the fact that these guys, their kids have been out of that program forever, yes. and they're still there running it. Yeah. You know, the idea of, of, of servant leadership in their heart, is, is really strong, and Dave Volk, again, is yes. one of them, and his wife, Kim, who are Mesmer grads, and it doesn't surprise me at all that that's a really good program, but even they said, look, our numbers are not what they used to be, and is it because kids are afraid to play, their parents are afraid? In New Berlin, and, and John, I'll talk to you about this, when I talked to Matt Kern, um, he said, look, we want kids to, to, to try football and see if they enjoy it, Rather than saying, oh, I'm afraid to get tackled or I'm afraid to tackle, let's get them to play flag, get 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 kids to play from New Berlin, West New Berlin. Third and fourth graders don't know the rivalry between those two schools. Well, I totally agree with that, Mike, and I agree with Tom. I think seventh and eighth grade is probably the time. 
Uh, we're in the numbers crunch right now, and uh, we combined, uh, if I'm not mistaken, seventh and eighth and fifth and sixth, which uh, for us is is tough because we're dwindling at that point. Right. And uh, the numbers are showing that. So I, I think to be safety factor, I think seventh and eighth grade, the body of the kid at that point is probably going to mature at that point. Kerry, same question. Uh, what, I, what I've witnessed living in Muskego for 50 years is they had a terrific uh, flag football program that kids could partake in at very early ages, which, again, I'm doing my uh, receiving camps uh, with this week. Uh, but they would have kids wearing helmets and shoulder pads with flags so so that you would uh, eliminate kids getting uh, hurt in the head, yet they were wearing the equipment. And I'll tell you, that really was – and I saw this, and I said, boy, is that a great idea. You know, have kids padded up, but and there was no – you know, I mean, they couldn't throw a lot of blocks, but there was going to be some, some – uh, you know, some hitting, obviously, a little bit, but – it was great to have flag at that level. You know, Coach Buddha up in Menominee mm-hmm. runs flag till eighth grade. Right. And he, when we talked to him about it, he said, look, let me tell you one of the differences. If I've got 25 fifth graders that play flag football, I've got 24 of them that have stuck and are playing eighth grade, and I normally have 23 on my freshman team. Yep. He said, so these kids stay. They stay with it. They learn to, 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 to love the game. We teach them the game, teach them the basics. There's no fear of getting hurt. And now they've played with these guys for four or five years, and now when it's time to play tackle, they're with their boys. This is my team. These are my guys. Of course I'm going to play with them. And he said, "I look, people you know, laugh at us because we don't play tackle football and kids don't hit until their freshman year. Well, look at the success we've had and look at the numbers we have. And he said, I would recommend this for, for anybody. So, guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to get Coach Cavanaugh back. I've got a number of things in the next two segments I want to talk about. Um, one, uh, time you coached some college football. Yes, I did. I was and lucky enough. I'm going to ask you other guys if you ever had that itch to play, to coach at, in the college level. And uh, I'm going to ask Tom the difference between coaching for Coach Cerrone <laughs> up at Oshkosh and coaching at Arrowhead. We're going to find that out on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. Don't uh, don't forget, it, it's time for the 13th Annual Perkins Restaurant and Bakery's Fan Golf Outing to benefit kids, uh, give kids the world. It's a wonderful event uh, coming up September 25th at Western Lakes Golf Club in Pewaukee. It's your chance to uh, golf with the guys from the fan and local celebrities. $125. It's a great day of golf. We'll provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner from Perkins Robert Specialty Meats and Sazes. You can go online and uh, get all the details and sign up at 1057fmthefan.com. So, guys, I always tell these to the people here, if you need me as one of those guys that plays because I'm on the air here, but do me a favor. Only ask if you don't have enough other guys because how would you like to pay a buck twenty-five a piece and get me as your so-called celebrity? And yeah, not good. But we talk high school football, so you guys might not mind. But if people that that get me out of the the draw don't like high school sports, that that's not so good. Hey, Tom, you uh, 
you you put your toe in the water a little bit coaching college football. What was that experience like for you? It was a wonderful experience. I mean, I went back to UW Oshkosh where I had played. I had met my wife. I had graduated, um, and the school was wonderful to me. I got to work for Pat Cerrone, who I had given uh, his first job in coaching. He worked for me at Arrowhead, and then I went back to work for him. Daryl Sims was a first-round draft choice of the Steelers as the AD. So it was really a cool uh, thing to do. I'm glad I did it. Um, It's very time-consuming. That's one thing about college football, but you basically live with the players. And it was really a lot of fun because you spent all day with them. And on the weekends when you travel and you stay overnight on a Friday, Saturday, you basically spend the entire weekend with them. Can you imagine um, when in your younger days of leaving high school and being an assistant and then trying to be a head coach at the college level? Did that ever cross your mind back then? You know, when I first was going to Arrowhead, I had a couple of opportunities uh, to get mixed up in the college game. Um, I was getting married, so we didn't. It was a, an interesting thing. So then I decided at Arrowhead I'd try and build a college program in a high school because I was working the Michigan camps, the Wisconsin camps, the Iowa State camps. I saw enough of behind the scenes and the demands on those guys. And you talk about family, the strains on their family life. I mean, Lloyd Carr and Mac Brown are two great friends of mine that I got to spend a lot of time when we were all young. Both of those guys lost a wife in the process and picked up another wife because of the demands on their jobs. Yep. Hey, um, really quick, John, I'm going to get to you next, but um, a number of years ago here on the station, they they did a poll, who's your favorite college football team? And Wisconsin was first. Michigan State was two. University, Arrowhead was. Arrowhead University <laughs> came in third. Hey, you. So you did good, man. Thank what you. you were trying to do, you came in third in that poll that it came on. Arrowhead University got the third highest vote. So, um, John, how about you with college? It still is the University of Arrowhead. I, I mean, I work out that area, and I, that's what it is, University of A. That's what everybody calls it. Man, when, when this thing started and the guy on the other side of the glass was like, who who is that? And all of a sudden, the next guy called, and the next guy called, and the next guy called. It got to be really quite funny because the Badgers – Runaway number one, but Michigan State and Arrowhead were really close yeah. to your favorite college football team. John, college football for you? Uh, I had a couple of uh, short stints. Uh, one thing at Concordia, one at Carroll. And uh, I agree with Tommy. Uh, you live with the kids. It was great. The, the thing I liked about it was coaching, the individuality. You know, I had seven running backs in, you know, one time. And, you know, that that's great stuff, you know, but you're with them all the time. But the travel was tough because I was teaching – high school at that time and we'd leave for a, a Saturday game either a Friday night or Thursday depending on if we had to go to Illinois and we would stay overnight dinner 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 walk through so on and so forth we play the game on Saturday afternoon and drive immediately back you no sooner got out of the shower and we were either in the van and on the bus on the way back and we'd get back and Sunday morning would be practice Monday I'd go to school you were exhausted. I was exhausted, but I, you know, I'm trying to prepare on the bus and on the van because at that time with both of those schools, we the coaches got in vans. We never went on the buses because we had all the equipment, right? And all the coaches would, would sit. And, you know, you're all cramped in, and we had to drive down to Illinois College or whatever. You know, six, seven hours, get off, get dressed, eat, play the game. So you know the the idea of people out there thinking that. 
you know, you see, you see oh, the, yeah. the, the big boys, the Alabamas <laughs> of the world and how they travel a little bit different. Jeff Cavanaugh, um, did you ever think about coaching in college? Uh, I think uh, when, it, when you're uh, young and you kind of see all these big-time programs and you think, boy, wouldn't that be great one day to be in that situation? But what was interesting, when we used to have uh, college coaches come in to find out about the players – and these were guys that were our age or younger, and they would be telling me, well, I'm here at Cudahy, and then tomorrow I'm going over to Michigan, and then I'm going down to Indiana, and then, and I'm going, I don't think he's stopping at home, no. And it was like three weeks on the road after the season recruiting and doing all those things, maybe four or five weeks, and I'm just going, you know, the glamour of, of a big-time college experience is always out there for a young coach, but the realities of big-time college or, or small-time college is the travel, the commitment, the hours. It's tough. John? I remember when I was at Carroll, we, Wednesday night was our night to call recruits. So we'd go to practice, and you'd get on the phone till 10 o'clock at night calling a list of people that you were given to by the head coach. So you're calling cold calls on the phone. Hey, how would you like to come to Carroll? We can't offer any scholarships because of our league. So what would you think? Uh, click. Click, yeah. thank you. Well, how was the, can I ask, was the money decent? Not really. No? No. Not compared to the amount of time that you're putting in. Man, oh, man. I. It's funny because as a basketball coach, you get asked that a lot, you know, these young guys, assistant coaches in basketball, most of them single, you know, because you're moving, you're, you're you're recruiting, you're going to this, you're going to that, and they're on the road so much, and they're not making any money. And it was, I wasn't making any money coaching high school either, but at least I was home every night with, with our kids. Guys, we're going to get to an early break, and I'm going to bring Kerry back and get a microphone for him. And I want you to think about this. I'm not going to ask you the best players you've ever coached because that we don't have three hours. But I want you to think about if somebody says to you the best moment, his best moment so far, as 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 you as a coach and John as a coach, what what was the best moment? Whether it was a game, whether it was a win, a loss, state championship, what was the best moment so far? And and I'm going to ask you to to pick one because we've only got about 15 minutes. But I love that idea of of being able to just give it some thought and say, you know what, it was that first win or it was that first or it was this kid or it was that so we're going to figure that out and ask these guys um on the other side and you have to understand i, I can't even count the amount john how long you've been coaching over 40 over 40 45 carry how 45 30s mid 30s so there's a lot i'm asking these guys to to, to rack their brain a lot of football in this room um, John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Tom Taraska, and Jeff Cavanaugh in studio. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local Pick and Save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save Stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and I can't tell you, this has been such a fun show for me to, to sit here with these guys and, and these Hall of Fame 
high school football coaches. It's just really fun for me. John Kazabowski, Kerry Vinay, Tom Taraska, and Jeff Cavanaugh. And I've asked them to give it some thought, favorite memory uh, throughout all these years of coaching. I'm going to start with Jeff. Um, your favorite memory, Jeff Cavanaugh? Yeah, and Coach might have the same, uh, but uh, the uh, actually I uh, wanted to mention two things. First of all, um, when we went to the state championship, and it was the third quarter, and uh, at that time uh, they uh, we were pl- playing Menominee, and they just scored on a kickoff return, and I'm going, hey, this is a great moment, but we're down now, and our kids came back. They scored three touchdowns, and we ended up winning like 31-14. And sitting on that field after the game, turning around when the parents were coming onto the field, and I actually saw some of our dads crying. And I said, that's really they get it. meant a lot. Those guys get uh, it. But the other thing that was really uh, one of my uh, coolest moments was I was a freshman football coach and i was upstairs on the phones which that's what you did on right uh friday nights and uh it was one of my first games and uh carrie was on the varsity and uh so was jerry bull head coach legend right uh, more important than the mayor of cutahay sure so then at halftime he comes down and uh he's sitting there and the game wasn't going exactly the way he wanted and so as desperate as he was he said Coach Cav, any ideas? Here I am, a freshman football coach. Coach Bo is asking me for something to say. How I even got the words out, but I said a statement like, I really think you could do this with this receiver, you know, whatever. And he goes in at halftime, and he says, this is what we're going to do. Hit that receiver and I almost died <laughs> right on the spot. And sure enough, second half came, they did it, and it worked. And I said, thank you, God. Thank so, you, God. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. John Kazabowski, how about you? I have quite a few, but yep. the, the biggest one that I can remember is when I took over as head coach at Pius for the legendary Ron Weed. Um, first year we went, won a conference, shut out five opponents, and we had a wind-up playing our last game against the legendary Jim Oluska at St. Francis Field. Oh, man. And we had to win the game, I thought, to get into the playoffs because that's the first year they started with the playoffs. And what a battle. We get in the game and back and forth, back and forth. And at halftime, I decided to come up and run fullback six pass with the fullback right up the middle of the field, which is one of Oluska's favorite plays. And I can just see the expression on his face when my fullback turned and catches the ball and is running down the field, he didn't score, but the game was over. I could just see his expression because we knew it. We yeah. knew it, and we wound up winning and went to the playoffs. It was, it was great stuff, and driving back that you know was just amazing. It was, yeah, it was good awesome. Time. Uh, Coach Jaraska? I think, uh, to be honest, all nine state championship games were special, but maybe the one that stuck out the most was the first one we won in 93 because as the clock was running down, we were playing Paul Engen, who was the defending state champion, and all of a sudden I realized at the press conference that they talked about afterwards, we were going to be the winner. And I kept thinking of how am I going to thank all the people that built this? And because it wasn't a moment about me, it was all those people that backed us, that built that huge weight room, that built the things, that put everything in place at Arrowhead. 
And it was just a moment that they got what they did. Right. And I was so proud of all of them, and it was a moment lost on myself because they had done something very special that we only dreamed about. Boy, and that, was and that community has uh, has benefited ever since. Well, it right. really was good because, again, they built it. No doubt. Kerry Vinay? Yeah, we had uh, a unique opportunity when I took over in 1992. We, were, we went 0-9, and uh, we knew we would struggle, and we were in the old uh, Suburban Park Conference. And uh, I could say that, hey, winning my first first game the following year was a highlight, but it, and it was. But after that 0-9 season, we took our team up to Madison during the state playoffs, probably watching Tom or some of these other <laughs> teams playing in there. And it was drizzling out, and it was cold, and I was sitting with Tom Konowalski from Tech, uh, in the stands, and we look up. He said, "Who are those idiots up there in the in the north?" There were a bunch of kids with their shirts off, and they formed a big C. I said, "Those are my idiots." Those are my we had kids. Taken our kids on a field trip to find to. I got the okay. I want to let these kids. I want to find out or let these kids know what it feels like to win. Yeah. And two years later, two yeah. years later, we go and we win a state championship in 1994. We went from. We went from uh, 0 and 9 to 10 and 1 to 13 and 0, and after we got the trophy and all all of that stuff, and Coach and I and all of our assistants, Coach Dean, Coach Larson, Coach Coach Kuyawa, we're down celebrating. We look up and we pointed, there they are, wow, in the stands with their purple uniforms forming the sea. Well, they went was, back to it do it again. Really, well, really that gives me goosebumps. Poignant. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Hey guys, you want to know mine? As a football coach, I was coaching freshman football at Dominican, and uh, we were playing Catholic Memorial over at Lincoln Park, and uh, they had fifty kids. We had like twelve or fifteen or something, and and they were up fourteen nothing and a half. And we made a couple adjustments, took the opening kickoff the second half down and scored and missed the extra point. We're down fourteen six. Got a stop, went down and scored. Went for two, didn't get it. We're down fourteen twelve. Got another stop, and we're driving. And the game ends. And we were on like the 15-yard line. And so I go to shake the other coach's hand, and I said, that was a really good freshman football game. He said, really? My kids will pay for this. And I go, boy, you're quite the jerk, aren't you? Well, his name was Chuck Bova, right? (laughs) And Chuck, who I love, I don't know Chuck at this point. Well, then my wife and I move into her house, and like three months later, and I'm in the U-Haul to getting stuff, and who comes walking down the street but Chuck Bova, and he looks at me and does a tu- double take, and I go, you're still a jerk. And he starts laughing. This man is the best neighbor that you could ever imagine. He is such a good man. And he was like, I know, man. I just got caught up in it a little bit. And just a really good guy. In fact, I watched how he raised his daughters. And I said, okay, he doesn't let his kids run with all the knuckleheads in this neighborhood. I'm not going to let my kids either. And him and Mary have been just wonderful for 25 years. Wonderful neighbors. Uh, Chuck was an assistant football coach, <laughs> assistant track coach for me. And uh, his wife was a student of mine at Franklin. Really? So great groups. So, I love Chuck. What was love man, Mary. He was pretty intense oh, too, man. Oh, he Still makes me intense. seem like a very <laughs> kind guy. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck was a, I coached Chuck uh, track at Mesmer. Yeah. Great hurdler. Oh, you want to talk. Good athlete. Oh, yep. great athlete. You want to talk a practice plan and, and get things done? You talk to Chuck Bova. Yeah. And, you know, his dad was a coach at, yeah. at Mesmer. Yeah, and and God rest yeah. his soul, it, yep. you know, left us uh, not that long ago. And, uh, man, I just thought you guys would. Yeah. And then that afternoon, 
that afternoon, we're at Whitefish Bay, and and Billy Young is beating the crap out of us, and he runs a double reverse bomb. They're up forty-two nothing with three to go, <laughs> and I go in the bathroom, and there he is. I go, did you have to do that? He goes, what? I said, was that necessary? He said, you didn't like that? I said, no. He said, you get better. You get better. better. <laughs> you get better. <laughs> you, Tom, he hates when I tell that story, but you don't know the kind of impact that had on me as a oh, coach. Yeah. He, those When he said, look, that I shouldn't have to stop doing what we do because you can't stop it. If you don't like it, get better. And he was right. Oh, yeah. He was right. And he's, he'll say, would you quit telling that stupid story? And I can't because it had a big impact on on my life boys i i wish we had time to do predictions and stuff i'd ask you what what you think the record of cut is going to be this year how how uh, eisenhower is going to be but we're not going to make you guys do that hey this time of year do you still go out to games carrie actually we're going to be uh celebrating uh the 25 year uh, re, uh anniversary of our state championship team this this friday night uh uh, one of our assistants who was assistant for me coaches for Lakeland High School up in um, uh, yeah. Monaco uh, Up area. in Monaco, yeah. sure. And uh, uh, John Kafura, and he's bringing that team down, uh, and the head coach, bringing the team down to play Cudahy. So it's kind of a reunion. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, how cool is yeah. that? Yeah. I love that area up in Monaco, so that's good. Uh, Jeff, you go to games? Oh, yeah. yeah. I always like uh, – th- actually, it's kind of fun now because you can actually go in – Sit in the stands. You, nobody really knows you, and there's no commitment emotionally. <laughs> and you kind of go, "This is really fun." And the thing is, you think, "Why did I get so upset?" It's high school football, but it was life and death for us a lot of a lot of Friday nights. Yeah, it was. John, you still get uh, nervous and excited for Friday nights? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, it's Tom? still part Thursday of Thursday night. I'll be at Muskego to watch Marquette and Muskego, and I'm cheering for the referees. You want to come down to the sidelines, hang out with me. You know what? You you come on down. You and I will hang out together. Um, I wish Ron Davies could have joined us today. Um, it's certainly praying for Ron. He's he's feeling better. Um, he couldn't make it today because he's still coaching Ben, his grandson, and his younger grandson. But if, if you listen to my Friday night scoreboard show, Ron's not going to be in this year. I said the door is always open. Come on in anytime. But um, – We've got great uh, substitutes, Doug Sarver, Jeff Tricky, and the boys that are standing here with, with me, uh, Coach Cavanaugh and Coach Vinay, are going to come in as well. I can't thank you guys enough. Tom, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Got you off the bucket list yeah, now, did. pal. Thanks, Mike. John, we Appreciate got this it. thing done. It's good to see you. Great Coaches, to see you thank again, you very much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. As always, presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.